Okay, this is going to be a weird podcast because this is mashup. This is a mashup of two events. This is before Mexico and after Mexico. Where are we heading right now? Well, this, I guess Waze can tell us. Where are we heading right now, Josh? <laughs> San Diego Airport long-term parking. And where are we going after that? Over the border somewhere. Over the border somewhere. Yes, we are going to Wide Open Baja. I know we've been talking about this on the last few podcasts, but now we are uh, making it happen. What are you, checking levels? Yeah. Um, I think we should be good. It's a lot of background yeah, noise. Just double check. This is kind of an experiment with this audio uh, micro- this microphone anyway. So if it sucks, it sucks. Um, all right. Are you excited? I'm ridiculously excited. But you're also anxious. Yeah, I, I live my life on a very strict plan. So the fact that I I know we're going to an airport and then eventually getting to a hotel doesn't really sit well with me. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what's the worst that could happen? What? Um, oh, no. So, no, just kidding. Uh, we're going, <laughs> we're driving, we're parking this Cadillac CTSV Sport at long-term parking in San Diego. Uh, and then we're getting on a bus, I assume, or a van of some sort, and going down to Ensenada. We'll wind up at the Estero Beach Hotel. We'll spend the night there. Then we'll probably start the morning, the next morning, I'm guessing, at Horsepower Ranch, which is a famous off-road starting point. Um, drive the buggies all the way out to Mike's Sky Ranch, which is an amazing place. I've been once before. Uh, I, the only way it even has power is it's all generators. So I think at like 11 o'clock at night when they shut the generators off, it's kind of like, all right, everybody has to go to bed or midnight or whenever they do it. Um, and then we'll drive the buggies again back towards the coast. And then they give us a cold beer at the end, and then they bus us back to the border. So about a day and a half worth of buggy driving, or like nearly two full days. Because I think we're not done driving on Tuesday until 5.30 or something like that, 5 o'clock. So it's longer right, than I thought. at night. Yeah. Day two is way longer than I thought. So we're going to spend seven hours at the border after that? <laughs> well... I don't think so. Not on a Tuesday night at yeah. like 6 because everybody's coming back the other way at that yeah. point. So it, it's probably smart that they do it that way um, because say we leave Ensenada at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. We'll be back to the border by like 8 at the latest. And then I'm hoping the border crossing won't take long at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. I don't think it will. I've only been in like a, a convoy where you're not even paying attention. No, no, we, we always go over one truck, but it's always, like, heat, heat uh, high population time. Oh, it's always it's the worst. Fuck. Yeah. It's, yeah. It can take hours. Yeah, last time, so I went down for the, last time, I was there for the 500. Yeah. And I spent $30 on churros. <laughs> and that's, that's... Way more churros. And it's only coming back, though, right? I, usually getting over is not... No, getting over, so the, when I went down for the 1,000, we ended up claiming some stuff, uh, some, uh, like, giveaway hats and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, but even with that, it was 15 minutes. That's getting out of your vehicle, getting right, standing in line, not speaking Spanish very well. But for the 500, it was literally, and, and Nora 1000, uh, you literally just like get in a line that goes from like five lanes to like four lanes. Yeah. So it just kind of like, and then you can wait at a gate for a gate to open. And then once you turn right, you're good. Right. Yep. And then you whip around the outskirts of TJ and then get on that one on long-ass highway. Yes, yeah. that is all the That coast. goes through Rosarito and then all the way down to Ensenada. There's a restaurant down there called La Fonda. Just the best pancakes in the world. 
Oh, interesting. There you go. Top tip, travel tip. So I'm super stoked to drive these. Uh, they are backed up by Subaru engines. So it's not Volkswagen engines, which I initially thought, but these are Subaru uh, flat four engines in the back of these buggies. So that should be awesome. Flat four or flat six? Four. Flat four, yeah. Um, and then the gearbox is more expensive than the engine, I believe, because it has to put up with... I'm, think of all the people who go, go down to wide open Baja and are just like kind of good at manual Bang gearboxes. Gear. Yeah. So it, it's a four speed. And I, th I think I've heard them say before, it's like 10,000 bucks to replace one of these gearboxes. So it's probably like a... Yola, maybe? I don't know. I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Oops. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll get more info. The, the, the fun thing about these buggies is that, so it's good and it's good and bad, more good than bad. The, it's They're not like trophy trucks. They're not yeah. fast. Which is good. Exactly. Because you're not going to get in over your head. Yeah. And then like when you're negotiating rocks, you like take your time. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a trophy truck, you just push the throttle deeper and, and go faster. It's like my old bike to my new bike. Yes. But, like, not cool. Right. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a pretty good analogy. Um, yeah, we're driving the hardtail yeah, buggy right. with the Subaru engine. So, I'm very stoked to do this. Um, and we'll see, it'll be curious to see how we feel after, because we're going to record the second half of this podcast on the way back. But before... Cause just because we don't have enough wide open Baja stuff to talk about, we can talk about something else that happened before we went. You and I rode our bikes the other day, and you went off in your car, and I went off in my car, and on oh, my way home, yeah. I got a speeding ticket. It's my first speeding ticket in California in probably six years. How fucked does this make your license? I don't think it makes... My license is pretty good. Is it? Believe it or not. Mine has nothing on it. Um, mine Zeros. is pretty good. Um... I got, it was coming down, um, the fuck street is that? Santa Margarita. It's a, it's, yeah. it's like three lanes wide and I cross over from one town to the other. So it goes from 55 to 50 without you really knowing. So they hide on the 50 oh, side. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Um, but I, he had me on radar at 69, so it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> and he said, I saw you up the hill pull away from the pack very clearly, and I estimated you would have been at 70, and I had you at 69. He showed me the radar, too. Mm -hmm. Very nice, calm cop, which means you're getting a ticket. Um, he asked me about the bike on the roof and where I rode and how it was. Just banter before he writes. So I have no idea what the ticket's going to cost. It's California, so it's going to suck. 69 and a 50. Um... Yeah, that's going to suck. But whatever, the V-Sport is quick. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm trying to remember. I think the last time I got a speeding ticket in Southern California, guess which car. You will never guess which car. Oh, I think I know this. Was it your old Ranger? No. Oh, no, 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 no. No, this, this was like in the industry. Oh, um, um, was this right when you got in the industry, right? No, um, no. I wanted to say FRS because I know that was like one of the first cars you start Hooniverse with. Uh, was it Hooniverse or before that? It was Hooniverse, but, I mean, okay. we started Hooniverse um, way before the FRS came No, out. that was, like, your first one of your first videos. Oh. If I remember correctly. Um, I'm going to say... It's like boring. Yes. Uh, Toyota Sienna. No, oh, but you're not far off automaker-wise. It was a Scion IQ. You couldn't even got pulled over in the ass. I got again. pulled over coming back from Cars and Coffee, and I was taking the coast like way back. Mini Cars and Coffee. <laughs> it was it was I, it was the Irvine Cars and Coffee, but I took the coast back, and I was coming through Newport Saturday morning. You know, 
uh, like 8, 8, 8.30, so nobody's really out. And I'm on the Mariner's Mile section near Balboa Park, and a bike cop happened to be oh, hiding yeah. out. The bike cop pulls me over. Um, I couldn't find the fucking information because it doesn't have a glove box. Later come to find out it's like under the seat, oh. the, the passenger seat. The cop happens to be a Scion fan. Which is a weird thing to say. Is that like two worlds that have ever collided except for that guy? I think he had a TC or an XB or something like that. And he was really curious about the IQ. I get out of the car, friendly, you know, not like, get back in the IQ! Um, Because I start hitting him up, asking him questions about his bike, trying to be cool. Like, oh, "Oh, you're on the, uh," I forget if he was on the BMW or the Honda. If it's Newport, it's the BMW. Okay. (laughs) So I was asking him questions. Um... And he's, he's like, he said, yeah, I like this other type of bike better, but this is what they give us. Um, this one's real heavy, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he didn't give me a speeding ticket. He gave me a ticket for not a fix it for not uh, finding my insurance information, okay. which I just had to mail proof in or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it was cool of him because that was like a, a very probably less than $50 type of t- or maybe even less than that if a fix it I think you just show proof that it's fixed I don't even remember don't if you know. have to pay I'm a law abiding citizen I pay my taxes um, so uh, yeah my my last speeding ticket in California was in a sign IQ I did get one more recent than that though on the launch of the Audi RS5 in Arizona oh, yeah. I got pulled over at like I forget the speed but the cop said we had a report of a pack of RS5s breaking the speed limit and I said oh that probably wasn't me then or no I said oh I think it was one of the other guys <laughs> as a joke and the cop did not laugh yeah. he what? said he had me on radar like some probably in the 70s at oh, in, in like a 50 because Arizona sucks for driving at least around the major sub the rural the urban yeah. areas there's other really good parts um but I, I was like, fuck, this ticket's going to suck. And I looked it up and I paid it online. It was like $60. I was like, that's that's, that's fantastic. That, yeah. No, that's amazing for a speeding ticket. Um, but it's funny because he didn't clock me earlier when I was I was probably doubling the speed limit allegedly. or more. <laughs> uh, whatever, I'll say it. Not allegedly. What's the worst press car you've got pulled over in? The Cyan IQ. Was, I, I got pulled over in the Vanderhall. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's at least, like, interesting. Well, the guy was super interested in it. Right. And then he's like, I need your paperwork. I'm like, here you go. And he's like, why is it your name on any of this? And I'm like, well, it's a manufacturer's vehicle. I'm a quote-unquote journalist, whatever, whatever. And he's never dealt with that before. Right. And didn't know how to. So me and my girlfriend sat on PCH in the fog on a Monday at like 9 a.m. for like an hour and a half. Oh, that's annoying. That's, yeah. No, the, the, it was definitely the, the IQ was the worst. Um, Though I was, when Sam, uh, Drift Idiot Sam and I did the Camaro road trip thing um, from Florida to New Orleans when they were launching the 6th gen Camaro. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got pulled over in New Orleans because we had to get some final shots mm-hmm. that for the video of like donuts and burnouts and shit. Yeah. And the only thing I could find was this near this some aqueduct not far from the airport. And as we're leaving, uh, I'm being followed by a Chevy Silverado. I'm like, that's weird. His window's really tinted. And then all of a sudden I see blue and reds through his front glasses. Like, oh, fuck. He pulls me over. If we'd been in, you could tell by the way this guy was talking, that if we'd been in maybe like a Japanese car or a Korean car, we'd have gotten a huge ticket. But he he saw the Michigan plates, California driver's license. Um, He was very curious about the car. 
Um, he, I think he even said it sounded good. Um, but uh, he's, he's like, all right, you best get out of here with that Camaro. He's like, I couldn't see you through that windshield, but... Right. Um, so that was another time that was interesting to get pulled over. Uh, and got very, very lucky. So sometimes if you're in the right car... That ZL1 should, work out. should have had pullovers in it, for yeah, sure. right. Knock um, on wood. Well, this car has wood. Yeah. Um, but, so, I mean, that's all I can think to talk about before we do the buggies, because this is a special extra podcast. Um, I think we're going to have more to say after we're done, because we'll have been in Mexico, which is fun. I love Mexico. I wish Mexico had a better reputation in terms of safe to travel, because Mexico is awesome and beautiful and the people down there are wonderful um, and we're going to be in the area where they love Americans coming in generally everybody's wearing everybody down there dresses like uh, an Inland Empire bro well if you think of it because they get all the clothes for free during yeah, Baja like, I mean like every time I've gone down for Baja I've got I've personally handed out hundreds of items of clothing right and it's you know it's marketing it's Getting, it's flat, getting rid of all this stuff. It's KMC Wheels t-shirts. It's Toyo tires or it's BF Goodrich. BF Goodrich runs the town down there. Um, yeah, they do, unfortunately. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Um, stickers are a form of currency in Ensenada. Oh, no. Literally, I've paid for food with stickers. Right. I have, I have gone up or somehow gone up to those carts that just push around like sugared fruits and stuff that you shouldn't eat because you can see flies on it and like it's you're probably fine either way because you know like you have a flies are protein yeah whatever and I was like I'm, this is the first time I was in Mexico I was like I drove down here I'm having some of like candy mango right. I don't like really like candy I don't really like mango <laughs> so it really wasn't a good idea but I didn't have a small enough dollar amount because I had like only 20s on me for some reason high roller and um, the guy saw I had like a thousand stickers and he said 200 in Spanish, which I had to ask like seven people what that meant. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, here's 400. Give me some mangoes. Didn't like them, but it was, it was an all right store. Right. So. Nice. Uh, also, occasionally I can be a bit of a snob with the beer, maybe. There's there's nothing greater. There's soul there, and soul's not bad. Uh, soul kind of sucks. Um, okay, well. There's nothing greater, though, than like a nice Pacifico yeah. by the water gross. in Mexico. Pacifico is gross. Pacifico is not gross. Pacifico is one of the better Mexican beers. Um, though, um, I'm trying to think of which one is probably the best. Um, fuck, which one is? I can't think of the name right now. Well, we'll figure it out while we're down yeah, there. Right. And we will tell you in part two of the podcast, and that was the best segue ever. All right, first off, that was a long trip, even though it wasn't a very long trip. Uh, secondly, this CTSV Sport feels like crap at the moment because the steering feels rubber bandy, the seat feels like it's not as comfortable, and this is all weird. You would think you would get into this and be like, oh my God, this car is heaven. I miss the buggy. Josh, what did we just do the last few days? I think we drove like... What did we say, 400 miles? I don't know if it was 400. It was a lot. A lot of miles. It was a lot of miles. A lot of dirt. A lot of cervezas. Yeah, after the driving. It was a good time. Yeah, and so we... Whew, it was a lot of driving. The car was awesome. The Subaru engine has tons of torque. Like, tons of torque. You could be in the wrong gear, but there's only four of them, so you're not that far off. And the torque will pull you through and up and over 
Um, the steering, I liked the steering. You didn't like the, th the steering. You thought the power steering was over-boosted. It's not that I didn't like it. I just expected a little bit more weight. But I think for the long drives that those cars do, it's appropriate. Because how sore are your biceps right now? Not at all. Exactly. Um, and they have big BF Goodrich KM3s. So the newest BFG tire uh, on 16-inch wheels with, it was either 13 or 16 inches of travel at every corner. Um, I mean, it's such a capable, capable thing. It's so awesomely impressive. And then to think that the trophy trucks just do that at like three times the speed um, so is, why is why crazy. We, why don't we start once we got to horsepower range? All right. Um, so let's see. We went to horsepower ranch, and it's there where we just kind of relax for the day because we're not driving until the next day. Uh, so horsepower ranch is uh, there was just like a party going on. Somebody was having a family party or something. I think so. Yeah. So we just kind of sat Everyone's back. Family in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were dogs running up that were super friendly. Um, we sat back. We had a couple beers. We shot some footage of the buggies that the because they were there was one parked there that was just sitting there. Uh, and then we uh, had. Oh, no, we did a quick test drive. Well, we, we did a there. quick test yeah. drive just to make sure we knew what we were doing with the thing. With the buggy. That you stalled immediately. That's I'm great. never going to let you live that down. All right. I stalled it when I went to go, uh -huh. and then... Um, <laughs> uh, it was on a hill, by the way. A downhill. It was on it a It was downhill. a downhill. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we drove that. We got some shots. We relaxed the rest of the evening. And uh, then the very next morning, we set out at like 8, I'd say, after breakfast. Probably, yeah. Another round of fresh tortillas and oh, so being so many tortillas i love fresh tortillas like a freshly warmed up tortilla is hard to beat i'm kind of okay for a bit now we've had so many of them yeah um but every time it was so good well, we probably had five tortillas in each meal yeah and we definitely three it was a starch we had heavy probably, trip probably 50 tortillas each <laughs> no i had a little less than you it's like all together like almost 100 Jesus Christ. Um, so the next morning we set out in the car after breakfast. It's just us and a guide car uh, because we just kind of had a, a private group because we needed to stop and film uh, and we needed specific dates. So we got our own private group, which was awesome. It was us and the lead and very car. Very unexpected too. Yeah, we, I thought we were going to be in a larger group. Um, so it was cool because then we knew we could like say, all right, let's go back and hit this section again or let's take our time. Even though we weren't really taking our time because it was just a smaller group. It was actually much faster. Yeah. Um, day one started off great, except at one point the car died on us. And then it took them two hours to fix it, which they felt terrible about us sitting there for two hours. And we felt terrible about them fixing it for two hours and come to find out it's an issue with the wiring harness. So they kind of had an inkling it was coming. Basically, these are running newer MoTeC systems. They used to run like MoTeC wiring, but with autometer gauges. And now they're running a full MoTeC race pack. And it's a funky system because if something is off, it will, it's, it's smart in that it will try to save the engine or the vehicle. So if it, if for some reason the oil pressure sending unit has been getting beat up and is a little wonky, the MoTeC all of a sudden reads zero oil pressure, it won't let the engine rev past 2,000 RPM. 
Um, so there's a few things in place where the MoTeC wants to save itself and it works against what they're used to dealing with when they know that they have a situation that they can fix and get a buggy back on the road. The funny thing is, so... But that also promotes longevity of the vehicles. Yeah. And yeah. safety. So right. I, I don't, personally, I can't complain all that much. Sure. Um, the, the, the lead car was... It was funny. It had a bunch of extra suspension gear just bolted in place in the back. They had a couple extra control arms, um, an extra um, shock tube, some a spring. Uh, it was it was impressive the stuff they had on the fly that they know like this can get beat up and we can fix it out. I would imagine swapping out a control arm on one of those as far as control arm swaps go is easy just because access is high. Um, but still, like to do it on the side of the trail in 100 degree Mexican sun would be not fun at all. But they're out there, they're smiling. They never said, I, I know what uh, swears are in Spanish, and I didn't hear them at least directed at us or the vehicle. Um, they were laughing and, and enjoying themselves. I think they liked maybe not dealing with the larger group a little bit. Um, so they were great. Our, our Luis and Gary were awesome for our, our private uh, lead follow chase session. It was great. Um, and so we ended the day go, by going to Mike's Sky Ranch, which is a, like really just in the hills of Mexico, way inland. And it's like hill, hills have eyes, but with tortillas. Yeah, yeah. There's a, oh. In the best way possible. Also, did you know that bats can swim? Oh my God, so while bats we're sitting there, Josh thinks that everybody knows that bats can swim. Yeah. Why would you think that a flying because mammal is, could swim? It is a rat and a manta ray. What is, is, that, is that what I said last night? Like it's just, Yeah, you did. But we're sitting by the pool having a beer. There's a pool there. It's dark. We're like the only ones at Mike Sky Ranch besides a few staff members and our two guides. And this bat... The bats were diving into the water trying to scoop bugs out, and one of them was good at it, and one of them was not, was and he Harold. found himself trapped in the pool. Harold got Harold. Stuck. We named him Harold. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear this, like, flap, 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 and we realize the bat is swimming across the pool, and I still find it amazing <laughs> because I did not know bats could swim. Well, he swam to the far side of the pool, and we, we realized he had no way to get out, so we rescued him. Josh rescued him with a broom that he climbed onto while hissing at you. Yeah, and then I got to try to take a picture of it in portrait mode, because, like, I got a new iPhone. <laughs> and it fucking, like, puffed its chest out and popped its ears out, and I thought it fucking tried to eat me. So. Right. So that was that. That was, So the Mike Sky Ranch, we wake up the next morning, same thing, breakfast, tortillas. Punk ass bad. <laughs> breakfast, tortillas, um, and then hit the road again. And the climb out... So you're, you were, it's very, very terrain where it goes from like soft, sandy stuff to hard, choppy rocks and then um, some rutted roads. There were two water crossings, uh, like only a little bit of mud because it's pretty dry down there. Dusty stuff, very dusty. silty. You you really drive through everything, and the, the KM3. I gotta say, those BFG tires just didn't give a shit yeah. what we were dealing with. Um, and they're mud terrains, and we never saw mud except like once for a second after one of the water crossings. Um, so the tires were great, and then we wind up day two basically winds us back from way inland to the coast. 
you were driving when we arrived back at the coast. Oh, that was ridiculous. You drove up that super steep rock thing that the, the buggy had no problem going yeah. up. Um, and you, we could tell we were getting closer to the water because it was... Uh, it got foggy. It just got so much cooler. And the, yeah, and it was just... It was more comfortable to be in. Right. It's, it's It was hot. It was... We were warm and sweaty and dirty um, the entire time. Yeah. And it didn't matter. When, when we were done... I feel like I could have kept going. However, I will say, and I know I'm going to feel it again tomorrow, when I woke up day two at Mike Sky Ranch, I felt like I spent the whole day prior working out. So, like you said earlier, like, how do your biceps feel? Like, they don't hurt right now, like, at all. Nothing on me is sore at the moment. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, I'm going to not feel good. I'm trying to see. Sorry, we're driving. So, I just wanted to see. No, it was just saying the shoulder was closed right there, I think. Um, yeah, okay, we're fine. We're on the five yeah. in Estados Unidos at the moment. Um, yeah. So, day two winds up at the coast, but then it winds back in towards, like, the the this, the part of Ensenada that's away from the coast because we, we finished at the wide open shop, which you don't normally finish. I don't know if you finished there or not. The one time I've ridden with them, you, um, they, they said it depends on the tour I would group. Say, I would probably group size, right? It depends on the tour group, I think. I was part of that BFG tire launch, so we finished at a bar and then we're bust back to the that hotel. That makes sense for some This time, stuff. yeah, it does. This and they literally greeted us with a beer. Again, like they we, did it at Mike's like Sky Ranch, we too. We parked and a guy came out of the hangar or whatever, whatever their shop with two beers in his hand. We're like, just we need a second. And I'm, I'm not the world's biggest beer fan, but I was like, give me that beer right now. Yeah. Like, and then uh, we went into the shop, and I didn't know this, but they they build the vehicles completely there. I had no idea. They bend the, the tube frame. Um, they they bolt it all together. They get the engines from Subaru. They are electronics from Motec. Uh, the, they get the suspension from Fox. And then BFG gives them shit loads of tires. Yeah. But they build the buggy there. Like, they... Not just like they don't get um, a roll cage from someone. It's a full tube chassis that they have a fabricator and a pipe bender making, um, and they've been doing it for a long time. I don't even know how long they've been in business, but I know that he said we switched to Subaru engines ten years ago. Yeah. So they've been doing it for a bit now. Um, they used to use a like a modified aftermarket Porsche type. Volkswagen type engine, like six, so like a sixteen hundred, probably. Yeah, like a sixteen hundred or eighteen hundred uh, CC Porsche style engine, uh, but these ones are more reliable, less expensive, more durable. Um, so we finished there, and then we just got schlepped back to the border, and um, it was great. The, our driver had never driven clients back across because he's one of the younger. I think he was a younger member of the team. Really friendly guy. Um, and he got in the wrong lane at the border. He got in the Sentry lane, and Sentry is for it's a, it's like global entry, but for land crossings specifically for southern. the southern border of North America. So even though I have global entry, doesn't matter. Nobody else in the car had global entry. Everybody in the car had to have Sentry to go there. So we had to go into secondary screening, and then the guy just gave the truck a once over. Uh, we sat there for probably like 10, 15 minutes, and it was quicker than if we'd gone to the right lane at the border. I'm convinced of that. It looked Um, pretty jammed. Yeah, I mean, all the border stuff I've always done is always like four or five hours, like it's a mission. Yeah. But it didn't look as jammed as I've seen it in the past. Yeah. Um, Once you kind of 
where we pulled in, once you hit that area from in the left lanes, you're kind of good to go. It's usually about a half an hour. So I think it probably would have been an hour in the normal lanes for us. Okay. Either way, it's still not, not a good time in disguise. We almost right. died by a CX-5. Mazda, it was a CX-5 yeah, or a CX-9, I could, whatever. Um, no big deal. Welcome back to the States. I might be driving like I am in a buggy trying to get somewhere fast. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to put my uh, face mask down. Stay out of the dust. Turn the helmet venting on. Yeah, right. Um, but it was awesome. It was a super awesome experience. If you have the money to spend on it, I highly recommend it. And as far as driving experiences go, I honestly think you cannot get more bang for your buck. Like you could go to a supercar experience and drive some, you know, something exotic that you'll never get to drive again. But it'll be on a track, and you'll I turn maybe five to ten laps. I can't see it being worth it because off road adds a whole nother. And a whole other spectrum of things you have to worry about when you're driving. Right. As because everything, way more everything I've ever done on a track, it's I'm worrying about line choice and braking and accelerating. Right. For the most part. Right. But when you're off road and doing something like this, you have to worry about, you know, if I'm an inch off, that's an inch off a cliff. Yep. Or you know, ten feet ago I was in soft sand, but now I'm on hard rock. Right. So you have to, and you have you know, 16 inches of suspension travel. You have to calculate and everything. And it's weird, too, because, like, some things you're like, oh, this is going to hurt, and then it's nothing. And then you're like, oh, this will be fine. You're like, oh, my God, my ass is broken. Yeah. It's really weird there. It, it just made me rethink of how I've learned to drive before and at any type of speed, really. Um, it's Yeah, it's definitely different. It And the, the buggy itself drives, and this is going to sound weird, it behaves a bit like an older Porsche. But in a good way. Uh, well, I just... I, I think mean, in a good way. I think older Porsches are fun though too, but you know, I get what you're saying. Like it's the engine is out just past the, or like right at the rear axle. So there's all the weight at back at the back. If you're braking as you're coming into a corner and you hold that braking too tightly into the corner, it starts to want to rotate. You have to get all the braking done, but there's not a lot of braking you do. Yeah. Very. Cause we're not at race pace. Um, hold on. I got to pass this guy cause they're fucking pissing me off. Uh, sorry about that. Um, the guy was going 70, then he was going 80, and then, of course, I speed up, and he wants to match my speed, and I want to nerf him off the road, which you can't do. You can't do that in these cars. Um, so, the... Uh, in the turns. So, yeah, and then, like, also, throttle modulation really moves... You really feel the weight move around because of the suspension travel. And then there's another thing about, like, you know, like a, a tall sidewall tire takes a second to set up in a turn. Now couple that with these uh, pretty large tires and then the suspension travel and then the steering system and then the weight transfer. So like there's times when steering takes a second and then you go and other times if the weight is in the right place and the suspension's in the right place, it's really quick. So you get you get used to feeling where the buggy is. Um, based on like what you're doing with the throttle, what gear you're in. Uh, it, it's it's how, you, how you've loaded up the suspension because you can do it with the brake too. You know, you can do some left foot. I did a little bit of left foot braking on day one just to see. And then you realize the brakes are like the suggestion of braking. And there's a lot of um, uh, pad walk on those cars. Yeah. So if you haven't used the brakes in a bit, you 
need to tap them to knock everything back in line and then the brakes are then the brakes are there but you need to give them a press once just to make sure your shit's ready to go yeah um but i never felt like i was uh like oh shit where are the brakes i'm like oh okay well they're also not pop, power pop. brakes either uh it, yeah it, it was it was the brakes you realize you're driving that car way more with just like pure throttle and it was so good and it sounded good because it was a uh, like a it was an EJ two and a half liter Subaru engine with less plumbing than the the, the regular car has. Um, well, back to the brakes. You, the, the gearing in the in those uh, transmissions are so short that even when you just let off yeah. throttle, you're decelerating at a fast enough pace. Right, you one felt, pedal driving. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I I I agree. Yeah. If you're when we were a couple of the really steep descents on day two, I just had it in first and kind of just walked it down the hill a bit and it seemed to work really well rather than just like laying on the brake or clutching in mm-hmm. or, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, so you could drive the car a lot with the gears, with whichever gear you wanted. And I was just about to clutch in right then as we're coming to a stop because it's traffic on the five because driving on California freeway suck. It is nine 30 at night and we are between San Diego and, Oh, that's not bad. San Diego and, um, home. And it's, uh, it's just, we just hit bumper to bumper traffic. Um, so that's, we had a blast. We had a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. What's it say for time on there? 18. Oh God. I feel like I've been talking like a mile a minute then. I thought we were talking longer than that. Um, trying to think of anything else fun like so we we got a lot oh oh I, we shot a, lot, a fair amount of footage I, oh okay yeah um we wanted we kept asking the guys uh so day one we hit a jump and the jump was pretty cool we hit it twice and it was neat and then day two he's like oh there's a big one on day two we can do we're like all right we'll stop and get footage at day two the jump there so we go over it slow because he's like this is the jump so we just kind of drive over it not at speed to check it out and we park down the way a little bit i'm like yeah we're definitely gonna hit this they pull over i pull off josh hops out i hop out and we're gonna set up some cameras and um i grab a gopro to put in the middle of the road and i walk up towards the jump and i say uh you know what i'm gonna put it here on the hill because this is far enough where i'll land and then spot and then drive over like i won't jump this far and so I go down the road and Josh is set up with the bigger camera and I hit the jump and I thought as I'm coming up, I'm like, I'm going fast. This is kind of scary, but I don't want to be a bitch. And I landed on the GoPro. I put the wheel on the GoPro and smashed the fuck out of it. And I was laughing my ass off after I did so because I thought it was Josh's GoPro, even though I would have to replace it. Uh, but I still thought it was funny. Because one of I his one of his GoPros, he's I like, didn't. "This is my GoPro six from work. Don't break this one." And I think we both thought it was that one, um, but it was my GoPro five. But the camera still works, so it just split open. Like the a back, the well, the yeah, you can see it on my Instagram. Uh, it's it's in one of the Instagram posts from the trip, and I posted a lot. Um, but the the back screen is shattered. And then, but the camera still works, so we're gonna pull the card, and the footage should be there, so that should be good. Um, so I'm just happy we got the shot, and the the GoPro sacrificed itself so we could 
We just did one take. We were going to do more takes, we're, and and it, it, but it was really hot getting in and out of the the buggy. Anytime you came to a stop, the um, you weren't having the breeze. Like once you start rolling, even if it was warm out, the breeze of movement helped a lot. Um, so that was something really nice. Sorry, we're gonna. Sorry, this lady wasn't letting me in, even though it's the lane is closed. That's California is just so lovely. Um, so uh, it, we got we got the footage. We got some drone footage on a dry lake bed. A little um, bit of it, yeah. We did some talking after the drive days. Uh, so we got some we got some decent stuff. Uh, it should be good. We got to cut it together. It's gonna take me a little bit, mostly because it's it's. Some of it was shot in 4K, so it's going to take a while. This should probably be the best-looking video Hooniverse has had. Well, it should. Doesn't mean it will be. Yeah, exactly. Technically, it's recorded the highest quality it's ever been. Right. That is true. That part's true. Um, but the, the guy who's going to edit it, you know, that's that's a different story. <laughs> um, but So keep an eye out for that video. It should be out soon. But we wanted to do kind of a before and after podcast to, to turn into one podcast episode. And... Um, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it was great. Like I said, wide open Baja. Go check it out. Um, they paid disclaimer. They paid for us to come down and um, like they didn't pay. For, they comped us. They we didn't pay them to do this. Is what I'm saying. Um, so if, if you can do one day, half day, they have three days. They have a seven day trip. And then if you really have actual good money to spend. They will fully crew you running the Baja 500, the Baja 1000, which is crazy. The 50 also, which is definitely more reasonable race. Yeah, that one's a bit more reasonable because they said the 500 would take like 16 hours yeah. if nothing went wrong. So think about that. Um, and if we had something go wrong, the 500 is going to give you something to go wrong. Right. Um, so maybe the 250 is the place to start, but that's a bit more money. That's still, though, for Rive and Drive Racing, even there, it's still a hell of a deal. So check them out, um, and then we'll be back to normal podcast scheduling after this. Keep an eye out on the video. Josh, if you want anybody to follow you on social media, tell them where. Uh, Instagram at Mr. Steal Your Dog. If you're building a SEMA vehicle and you need wheels for it, email me, josho at wheelpros.com. I want to put wheels on your car and or truck. Or both. It's got to be good, though. Just email me, and I'll tell you it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know where to find me. Um, So I'll see you guys next week. Later.